Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's December 19th, 1644, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. For some time now, there has been a vocal faction of American conservatives preoccupied with the so-called War on Christmas. Well, in the mid-17th century, there actually was a war on Christmas, and it was perpetrated by Christians. And those anti-Christmas Christians sealed their victory today in history in 1644, when the Puritan Parliament passed the Ordinance for the Better Observation of the Monthly Fast, and more especially the next Wednesday, commonly called the Feast of the Nativity of Christ, throughout the Kingdom of England and Dominion of Wales. (laughs) Yeah, so what they said in this ordinance was that this day in particular is to be kept with the more solemn humiliation because it may call to remembrance our sins and the sins of our forefathers who have turned this feast, pretending the memory of Christ into an extreme forgetfulness of him by giving liberty to carnal and sensual delights, by contrary to the life of Christ himself led <laughs> here upon earth. So <laughs> they really went for it with, the, uh, with this ordinance, basically saying Christmas has become bad and, you know, and debauched, and we need to clean it up and make it pure again. And all of this was happening, like the reason that there was any legislation required at all was because it just so happened that Christmas Day in this year of 1644 fell on a Wednesday, and specifically Mm. the last Wednesday of the month. And the problem was that the last Wednesday of the month had been declared a day of fasting as part of the Puritan agenda. So there was an earlier Act of Parliament about this in 1642 that said... On the fast days, the public should, quote, repair to some church or chapel, there diligently and reverently to attend all such holy duties, after which they are to be earnestly exhorted and persuaded to forbear to use all manner of sports and pastimes, and that all vintners, taverners, alehouse keepers, and keepers of victualling houses do forbear to keep open their doors. Yeah, this was a bit of a cleaning up act. It was people going, we're not sure whether we're allowed to party or not. Can we party? Exactly. And Parliament was like, no, just to be clear, the, the Puritans no like, party. What do you think we're going to yeah. say? Yeah. But you can understand why there was some room for manoeuvre there, because like, yeah. even people who supported them would say okay last Wednesday of the month who cares we'll have a drink that day but when it's Christmas day what then how can it be both a feast day and a fast day yeah well I mean from the Puritan perspective it wasn't a feast day at all you know they weren't just opposed to the fact that people were misusing Christmas they didn't like the way people celebrated Christmas because they were opposed to anything that seemed Catholic and to them the idea of going out eating drinking maybe making some mistakes when it came to carnal indulgences and sensual liberties and then afterwards being kind of sorry about it was a bit too similar to Catholicism 
you know, you can do what you want as long as you repent afterwards. They thought if people behaved properly, there would be no cause for sin in the first place. But yeah, also, they didn't even like the word Christmas because it has mass, mass in it. In it. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just the fact that people were celebrating Christmas wrongly. It was the fact that they were celebrating Christmas at all because the Puritan thing was only what's in the Bible is legitimate. And there's nothing about Christmas in the Bible. I mean, obviously, there's the story of Jesus's birth, but... Doesn't say it's December 25th, does yeah, it? Yeah, and, Chris, and Christians weren't celebrating it by, you know, eating mince pies and getting drunk. So for them, you know, Easter as well, they disapproved of people celebrating Easter because mm. that wasn't a biblical festival. Yeah, and even from this moment, you know, this was sort of a warning shot across the bows for what the Puritans really had in mind, which was pretty much the banning of Christmas altogether. In June in 1647, the feast days of Christmas, Easter and Whitsun were all abolished by Parliament. Uh, they put out another ordinance, uh, which was for abolishing festivals was its name. And that's exactly <laughs> what it did. And at this stage, there started to be a bit of pushback because people had sort of maybe at least gone underground with their mm, celebrations. Exactly. But at this point, there was like, you know, those rum Rumblings turned into out-and-out out rebellion. Well, that's it. There was a sort of obvious hypocrisy, wasn't there? Parliament would be adjudicating on whether or not it's a feast day or a fast day, and then on the way home past all the alehouses, right. you could clearly <laughs> hear pe the people had made up their mind. Yeah. yeah, and there was another element as well. It wasn't just people were annoyed that they weren't getting to party. It was the fact for lots of groups in society, particularly apprentices and servants, Christmas was the only time that they got a prolonged amount of time off. It was For some of them, it was the only time they could go home and mm. see their families. So the idea that they should be sitting around in solemn humiliation was, yeah. you know, was terrible. So what they ended up doing was parliament bending the rules right yeah exactly right. pretending it wasn't for christmas <laughs> yeah so this ordinance abolishing what were called holy days which they disapproved of designated the second tuesday of every month as being an official day of recreation for servants apprentices and students so much better than celebrating christ's birth isn't it it's the second tuesday of the month <laughs> hooray <laughs> happy second tuesday get out and exercise <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite day of recreation song yeah. but even so you know in very puritan style an amendment added later impose a curfew of 8pm for any of these people being found in taverns or gambling houses. So, Oh, I'd be supporting that now. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, if, if I could go out and just go for it between 6 and 8 and then everyone had to go home, I'd be so happy. They really have to crack down on those gambling houses. <laughs> <laughs> well, but this is the other thing, that it was being enforced by the army. You know, the, the result of this act was that across all cities across the country, you had town criers walking the street it's calling out, no Christmas, no Christmas. <laughs> it's not a gig I would want. <laughs> no, yeah, you're trying to, yeah, you're, again, you're sort of fighting against the tide on that one. But you also had soldiers of the New Model Army who were sent to actually break up both church services and any sort of private celebrations. Uh, and so you had this real sort of oppressive presence on the street that people then did start to react to. One in particular was called the Plum Pudding Riot in 1647. Uh, and that was this this moment where the mayor of Canterbury, William George, was facing resistance in enforcing this ban and uh, and tried to shut everything down. He himself got manhandled and pushed to the ground. I wonder uh, if this is where, and we won't leave until we get some, comes from. <laughs> oh, good one. Because yeah. that, that figgy pudding thing, I've always been like, that's weird. But yeah, actually, that interesting. in that context, that, that makes sense, doesn't it? I have no idea if there's any truth in that. Yeah, it but does. it's like, we're going to have Christmas whether you like it or not. They called it the plum pudding riot. <laughs> it does seem like a particularly in 
ungrateful thing to be saying if it's yeah. just an ordinary yeah, Christmas right, celebration. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, eventually, 10,000 men in Kent signed a petition declaring if they could not have their Christmas Day, they would have the king back on his throne. Mm. So it was kind of a that means nothing. Get 10,000 men in Kent to sign anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, the royalist faction really leaned into this. And then later on, when Charles II, spoiler alert, was restored to the throne, <laughs> he became known as the Merry Monarch because he really leaned into the idea that, you know, if there was a monarchy again, we wouldn't have these Christmas bands. We'd all have a jolly time once again. It it's was, an easy platform, isn't it? It's a pretty easy sell, <laughs> Bring yeah. Bring back Christmas. I mean, and they had got so... <laughs> Make and, England Christmas again. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, kind of, I guess the kind of diluted version of this period of history that we sometimes get given is, you know, Oliver Cromwell... Banned Christmas. Banned Christmas, Christmas yeah. banned yeah. mince pies. Which, but, which he didn't. So he, he said... You can't celebrate it the way you want to, but it's still a yeah. thing. Well, and of course, all of this was happening before he actually came to power. You know, he didn't come in with this mm. radical anti-Christmas agenda, but he also didn't do anything to lift it. You know, and you sort of touched on the fact that churches were closed. This is where it got mm. really dystopian. Mm. They got to the point where Puritans didn't want you to acknowledge Christmas at all, even if it was by going to church and praying. So but this is the thing. So you, you close down the pubs as well, right? Mm. That that's sort of makes sense. Like, you can understand why Puritan can close something down. Mm. But the flip side of that was you also had to ensure people were at work. Why are you taking the day off? This is Christmas. Mm. Why in Parliament are we taking the day off? This is Christmas. We should be we should be working like the rest of the country. Yeah, I mean, mm. and see that you have the flip side of what I was just saying about MPs on the way home seeing the taverns being open. Mm. MPs on the way home would see businesses being closed, thinking, "What am I doing in Parliament? Right. Voting on a measure I about mean, staying open." Yeah. You've got to feel sorry for the small business owners because they were stuck in this place where they were being legally forced to keep shops etc. open on Christmas Day. But then you had the anti anti Christmas crowds who would sometimes vandalise and. Break break into and loot shops that stayed open because they thought they should be closed in observance of Christmas. They really couldn't win. <laughs> there was this, the one anecdote I came across is about the diarist John Evelyn who recorded that on Christmas Day 1657, so this has like been going on for quite some time now, he was at a Christmas service being held in a private chapel when a squad of soldiers burst in with muskets. Evelyn recorded that he was detained by officers who, quote, examined me why, contrary to the ordinance made, that none should any longer observe the superstitious time of the nativity I durst offend. They were finally allowed to finish their communion and Evelyn wrote how as we went up to receive the sacrament the miscreants held their muskets against us as if they would have shot us at the altar wow. did they find all the stuff that he'd just looted from the shop yeah. down the road <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow before this Aladdin's mother had gone by various names including the widow Mustafa ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.